0: Hi, everybody. This is Dawn Mitchell and welcome to Dawn of Sports. Today, Jim Suha and I have an awesome guest. I just adore this person, not only when he was a player here in Minnesota, but now that he's moved on to other successes, former Vikings defensive end Brian Robison will join us. He is hilarious. He is funny. And he also does a really good impersonation of a very famous actor. You want to stick around.
1: We will get to sports and we will get to Don's interview with Brian Robinson, which, by the way, we pre-recorded. And so I can already tell you it's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) Don's relationship with Brian and Brian's personality. You know, Brian always had a great personality and uh, it certainly comes out in this interview once again. But before we get to the Vikings quarterback decision and the wild surge and the Wolves playing great and whatever else we want to talk about. And we'll also talk about the uh, Women's Basketball Hall of Fame uh, inducting so many former Lynx, we're gonna get personal here. My band played at Blicks last Saturday. It was yeah, in, you did. It was in part <laughs> because we love playing. My band just loves go out and playing. it was part because we love playing at Blicks. But we also wanted to celebrate Don Mitchell's birthday. And Jerry Holt. If you don't know who Jerry, you know who Don is, obviously. You might not know who Jerry Holt is. Jerry Holt is a great photographer. He and I have been working together for like three decades. Uh, he is one of the many great photographers that start to be, and he does all kinds of great sports work. He's a great human being. Uh, So we wanted to celebrate the birthdays of two fantastic human beings. And Don, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll surpass false modesty here. My band is good. I knew my band would play well. What the variable that made it such an incredible night was you and all the people you brought to the bar and going out between sets and finding this this. Huge wave of incredible people, and many of them incredible women who work in this market, plus your friends from the East Coast who came out. So we're going to name drop here. All right. Okay. So Don Mitchell came up and sang backup vocals. Don's a former vocalist, so this was a great addition to the band. Chris Hawkey came up and sang some songs with us. Vinita Sakar was there. Andrea Yak. One of the most type A hardworking people I know doesn't really go out in Minneapolis. She came out and had, dressed had the a dress. Had a blast with her shiny
0: had, pants. And, with shiny
1: pants and had an absolute blast. Had, she was so much fun. Uh, you know, we had uh Jordana Green. Jordana Green was there, Tracy Perlman was there, uh the Jablonskis were there, Aaron Levinsky, Liz Flores, and all basically the entire Star Tribune photography department was out there celebrating Jerry's birthday. Uh the dance floor was full, the bar was packed. It was one, of the, you know. Aside from the obvious, which is marrying my wife and having children and getting promotions and all that stuff, it's one of the best nights of my life. And you made you made such a big difference.
0: Oh my gosh! Thank you. It was great. You know, when you just start telling people, "Hey, my birthday's coming up. My friend Jim's band is playing, and it's the Vikings' bye week. I've yeah, never had my birthday on a bye week ever. Was good time. And for people that don't know you know, they just see media people working all the time. I anchor Friday and Saturday nights. Mm. I've been here, this is my 20th year. I don't go out Friday and Saturday nights, you know, sometimes, especially if we're on after the football game, you know, your late local news, by the time I'm done, people are asleep. So I don't really get to go out and and dance and, you know, have a good time and all that stuff on a weekend, you know, like, hey, if you want to go out on a Monday or a Tuesday <laughs> or so, or even a Wednesday during football season, I'm your girl. But so the weekends are fun. So when you say to your friends, hey, listen, I don't want to go to a formal dinner. I, you know, I, I love that when you go and you have dinners for your birthday. I said, I just want my friends to come to a small bar, Glick's. Glick's. And it's, it's like, so it's not like it's this huge, like you gotta get, you know, like after a while, women just don't wanna have to get dressed up. If you want to, fine. Andrea Yock, she was, looked to the nines. Like I literally just wore jeans and a shirt, you know, and minimal makeup, you know, enough like you go out in public and not scare people. You know, you're like, you're not putting on your Which face. Which is the way I approach it too. Right, hey, yeah you, you didn't scare I, me at very all. Very
1: minimal makeup for me on Saturday.
0: And that's the call of the wild, no yep. pun intended, for my friends low key i can just show up and i don't have to like get all dressed up and fancy and i can just go in casual and have a blast i think people are like i am dead. everyone right now in this life they're just down for that just going somewhere having a good time not having the pressure and i i go what time do i have to show up i go anytime they start at 9 30 like anytime you want. Night. they're playing till midnight like so it wasn't like a be here at a specific time um and literally, for my friends back home, and two of them that stayed with me, they had never met each other. That's wild. And I've been friends with these women basically all my life, back from Boston. And it was my old roommate and then a friend of mine that I met in San Diego. And then my best friend from home, um, Karen. So it was Karen, Katya, and Lynn. They said, oh, the bye week It's your birthday on the bye week What are you doing? You want to fly out somewhere? I'm like, I, I don't want to get on another plane. I don't. I'm just gonna go hear my friend's band play. And they're like, can I fly in? Sure, really? Like, yeah, like Jim, like it was that. And then when they walked in and you guys were a blast, they're like, this is the best, this is the best. So, um, and for me, it was just nice to see, A, see some strong women, you know, yep. but also my friend Rule's so, another one I should mention. Heather mentioned. Rule, she was fantastic. Yep. Tim Blotz, his wife, yep. and both his daughters yep. came. Um, you know, so it's it was just fun for me. Also, their husbands. You know, yeah. I finally get to meet Jerry Holt's wife. Right. I mean, who's great. So that was just so much fun for me, just to just to do that. And then um, we even had Max from the Power Trip. Oh yeah. Yep. He came. Um, and John Bonus showed up. I, it was just fun. It You're was like a connector. Every time you turn tested, he goes, goes, how does that person know that person?
1: And by the way, I have to clear Me. one thing up that became a subject of conversation. Uh, my wife is not 30 years old. <laughs> okay. My wife looks like she's 30 years old, but she's not 30 years old. I'm not robbing the cradle she's here. She's gorgeous. I'm my friends th- are
0: like, wow. She, she started talking about her daughter who like lives in Boston. And I thought she was in college. No, so you she's said she's like, working.
1: I, I don't want to get anybody's age wrong, but she's upper 20s. Thank you. Yes.
0: Well, that's the same with me. Yeah, Thank, Exactly. Me too. Know? We're all upper 20s. I'm <laughs> upper very 20s. upper 20s. Yes. You just stay upper yes. 20s. Yes. Um, gosh. And then, and Carlos, who's also in the band. Yep.
1: Carlos Gonzalez, our, who's also a great photographer at Star Tribune and an excellent guitar player and a, and a blast. And his wife's a blast. So, so listen, I, I, this might sound like inside baseball, but the greater point here is that it was. you just don't get to see that collection of powerful fun women in one place very often, especially in this business where we all work weekends. It was mm-hmm. it was
0: fantastic. Yeah. It was a blast. And you're downplaying it, but this band is fantastic. We were like, you guys are you you were humble and you said, Well, we're getting better. No, every that dance floor was packed the whole time. Guys are coming up and singing along with you guys too, like from the dance floor. And I just said, gosh, this is a lot of fun. And for me, it was also fun to see Chris Hockey go yeah. to another place and have fun and not have to be the least like he wanted to go up and sing a like a song with you or whatever, but then go and just kind of hang out in the crowd. Yeah. And you he's know? such a good guy. He's such a good dude. So it, it was it was a blast. All
1: right. So thank you very much for that. Thank uh, you. On the- Sports. Yes. By the way, uh, Dawn of Sports is sponsored by uh, Rudy Luther Toyota, a great supporter of women's sports.
0: Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther advantage: ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at Holiday Stations. Luther Advantage warranty and five day return policy on pre owned vehicles, located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today.
1: Dawn Sports is also sponsored by All Energy Solar, AllEnergySolar.com. All Energy Solar, All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project home, office, or both. From design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. So let's get on to the actual sports. It's Tuesday. Uh, by the time you hear this, the Vikings may have made their quarterback uh, decision public. Mm-hmm. Let's, we won't, this is an opportunity for us to first guess instead of second guess. What's your first guess of what should happen and what you think will happen?
0: <sighs> you know, I think for the very reason why they got Josh Dobbs is the reason why I think he will be their starting quarterback is the fact that he has the most, um, current playing experience as a, NFL quarterback and victories and losses. Um, so something to build upon. It's kind of like coming up, you'll hear Brian Robinson talk about sometimes the more you learn about something, the less you play better. <laughs> you're like when, when Josh jobs first came in, he was yeah on fire because you're playing on adrenaline and you don't want to let people down. But then when you really have to get into the plays and the, this, and there's so much to think about, you know, you got to give a guy like that slack, slack you know? Um, so I think, I mean, Nick Mullins, I broke my back twice. I'm not playing NFL football. So I know he had a back injury. I know he's, I know we have amazing science and doctors that help them. Uh, I haven't seen a play in a game this year. So, you know, and then you have Jaron Hall who's had like what, one NFL I have. snap? Yeah, a yeah, no, well, I half. I, yeah. I yeah. um, so I would say logic would dictate it would be Josh Dobbs, but I don't see everything that coaches see day in and day out and how they're trying to formulate this offense. But that would be my guess. You?
1: My guess is they're going to go with Dobbs. My gut tells me go with Hall, uh, in part because I like the way he played in Atlanta, in part because they have big quarterback decisions to make this offseason, and I want to know as much about Hall as possible before they have to make any decisions.
0: But if they really want to be going for the playoffs.
1: I know. Well, and that's the thing, I wouldn't say Hall just for evaluation, but I think you get a chance to give Dobbs a break. try out Hall knowing you can always go back to Dobbs and Hall might play better than Dobbs right now and if he doesn't at least you answered that question Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of splitting I'm splitting the difference here I'm splitting the baby I'm saying yeah a little of this a little of this but the short answer is I
0: go with your mom for half the day then your dad for half the day
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I think you have the right I think you have the correct answer which is I think they're going to go with Dobbs and, and you know what? One of the conceits of sports talk is we that we have the answer. Or we have our opinion is is gold. Honestly, I don't know what the right answer is. Right. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to go with Dobbs. I don't know if that's right or not. Right. You know, but they just need to find a way to patch that position together well enough to win these next two winnable games and then see where you are going into three divisional games that could determine whether you're contending for a division title, a playoff spot, or whether you're fighting for the Packers for third
0: place. Yeah. I wish I was a fly on the wall when they actually get down and have the reps this week. Yes. Um. So that would have helped me determine, you know, it's like, all right, is Hall getting any reps with the first yep. team? And, and it's my gut feeling too, that Justin Jefferson is having a say. Uh, and I, that's just from my own. I have not seen anything, heard anything. I have no inside tip on that. But when you got a guy that's coming back, I think his opinion matters. And this coaching staff has shown that they like to take in the opinion of some of the players. So, um, you know, so that would that would weigh in as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And and it might be a subtle thing. It might be Kevin O'Connell just brushing up against Jefferson or practicing and say, what do you think? Yeah. You know, it might not be it, it might. Some, sometimes I think in the outside, people think there's always these formal meetings, formal meetings, formal meetings, speeches. A lot of stuff gets done. Right. Just casual conversation. What do you think? Yeah, well, I th- I think Hall's given us a better chance, or or I think uh, I think you got to give Dobbs another chance, and right. Right. and Kevin O'Connell isn't going to say, okay, Justin Jefferson said we have no, to no, he takes Dobbs. it into but account, it takes right, into right. account, and it's all it's all this it, modern management is very fluid and subtle mm-hmm. in that way, I think.
0: And you know, the interesting thing for me would be like if you're talking one, two, and who's the third quarterback? What does that look like? Right. And you know. I, think,
1: I think the fact that Mullins is, has been dealing with the back and hasn't played this year makes it easy to keep him number three right now.
0: I have a hard time sitting in a movie theater sometimes I with know. my back hurt, let alone go out and play an NFL game, you I know? know.
1: It's, it's just a brutal injury, and it's an unpredictable injury, and it can affect you so many different ways. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just thinking. Yes. Just standing and thinking. You're like, on oh, my back.
1: No doubt. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, let's go fun. on to the Wolves. The best team in town. Oh, Maybe the best team in the NBA right now. Atop the Western Conference Finals, Krasinski on the John Krasinski show the other day pointed out that the Wolves have spent more time in first place in the Western Conference this season than they had in the previous 32 years combined.
0: Wow, that really hits at home.
1: Yes, we've never seen a team. You know, oh, listen, we don't know if they're going to match the high end that you got in 2004 with Garnett and Spreewell and and. and and Cassell driving that team to the Western Conference Finals. We don't know. Right. But in terms of regular season, this is already like, this is already on the way to being the best regular season ever.
0: The other day, and because it was the bye week, I had the chance to go to the Timberwolves practice and and talk to some of the guys, and which is great for me because usually then, you know, once the Vikings are done, I can see the wild and I see the Timberwolves. But um, how Kat spoke about how that team was, because this is when Anthony Edwards went down. And they weren't, Sometimes you could tell like a team is a little, they're unflappable or they're not. Cat was unflappable. He's like, hey, we love, we, you know, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but like, we love Ant, but we're a good team. And that came out, it just came out confident and it came out calm and when I asked him about what is the number one thing that you're most um, impressed with with this team that has been the improvement on defense that you've always wanted. He not only gave one, he said, listen, when you're good on defense, you're good at transitional basketball. You know, you're good at taking care of the details you're good at it. So he's in this litany of what they're good at and it wasn't boastful. It wasn't bragging. It's that's what he was proud of. So when you have cat talking like that, it's kind of like a little microcosm of the mindset of this team. And Ant went down and they didn't know. I mean, it didn't appear to be serious, but they didn't know at that time, is he gonna play, is he not gonna play? What's going on? And there, you know, it was like this: the season's over. It was, "We're, we're a good team. And I think mindset wise, in addition to how they're playing, it's, it's really exciting to watch. Even my friends back home, when I retweeted that they surpassed the Boston Celtics, trust me, I got some flack. <laughs> I have four brothers and I have a lot of friends going, you seemed happy about tweeting that out. And I go, you know, I feel we don't root for teams, but when you see guys practicing and working hard and finally seeing the fruits of their labor, you know, I'm kind of, I'm happy for them. I well, said, yeah, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Minnesota. And I,
1: I, you know, in our business, we I think we always have to repeat this over and over and over because I don't think a lot of people necessarily pay attention to the message or get the message. We're not fans. We're not cheering, but we are human. We prefer the local teams win. It's a it's better stories. It's more interesting. It makes gratifying. our jobs easier. It <laughs> makes our jobs easier. It means people are more interested in what we're putting out there. Yeah. It, the, the cliche that the media wants the negative is wrong. Right. Um, we will cover the negative. I will tell you what I really think, which might be viewed as negative. I just view it as honesty. But we love it when local teams win. And there's also the human element. You'd like to see positive human interactions. You'd like to see positive human traits rewarded. And that's why I've been gratified by seeing Carl Anthony Towns play so well this year because yep. he took so much flack this offseason people want to blame him for so much people want to scapegoat him he's an all-star player he's played great with Ant he's played great without Ant he's played great with Gobert he's welcoming to his teammates he plays hard he's improved that's gratifying to see
0: mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's even the guys like Kyle Anderson and the other guys are, you know you don't root for, like I say, listen, I'm from Boston, so I don't root for the teams, but I also don't root for Boston teams. I said, when you've been doing this job for a long time, I root for good games. Good games. And no one wants to cover a, a dog game. You we, know? Also,
1: we also appreciate good people.
0: And good plays. All right. Good people. You see what they're doing behind the scenes. Yep. Um, You know, he's a kind person, regardless if they win or lose, you see him out there shooting how many hoops after, you know, practice is all long gone. You've seen what they've had to go through personally many times. Um, So, yes, I said, you know, I like to see certain humans succeed. Yes. And um, I, I, for one, after being here for now uh, a minute and seeing what the Timberwolves, just even the people behind the scenes... You know, guys like Jeff Munich who have yeah. like been the best pillar of people ever working for this team and being loyal for the team. I love seeing the success. I love seeing the crowds that are showing up and being a little rowdy. I love it. I
1: Absolutely. love all of it. I agree. All right. On to a more mixed subject here. Minnesota Wild. Oh. Do you feel there are so many different ways you can feel about this team right now? Uh, I'll I'll hit you with what I think, and then you react to whichever part you like. Okay. I think it this this coaching change that led to three straight victories, again, we're talking here on Tuesday, so this is before they play Calgary on Tuesday night on the road. I think it shows that Garen always has a really good pulse on this team. Mm-hmm. He knows when to do what. I think it shows that this team has the talent to continue to being a playoff team, whether they're going to be win a playoff series is a different thing, but they have the talent to be a playoff team again, even with the salary cap problems and everything else. I also think it's a little bit of an indictment on the players that they needed this kick in the butt to play well. Because Dean Avison treated them well, and they didn't play for him.
0: I agree on all your points, actually. Um, You can't fire the players, right? Right. That's what they always say. So you got to light a fire under them any way you can. Sometimes a change has got to be made, but when you make it at the top like that, and an assistant, and you lop them off there, I think it was a kick in the pants for a lot of the players. And some of them are admitting it, you know. Like Boldy, sometimes hadn't been playing up to his own personal standards. This is not an indictment on him. Um, Kirill Kaprizov hasn't been playing the same way um, for a various whether people think he's injured or, or what's going on. I don't know. I'm not there on a daily basis. But when you do make a coaching change, it is your team is on high alert. But when you said the Billy Guerin has the pulse of this team, I also think when you have talent and you make you make a change in what was it, the end of November, beginning of December, it says that you believe that you have talent and we're not just throwing this year away. Um, so I think even though you're lighting a fire, it's a, it's a fire. Like you guys are good, you're talent. Let's get this together. Mm. Like this is the only change I can make right now. You know, I'm not giving up on you in mid season, you know, cause he could have just let it ride out and then make a coaching change at the end of the year. And it, it would have been, you know, it's easy to say, okay, we don't have money on the books because you know, if I have to hear Suter and Prezi one more time, but I know it's the reality of it, but you can it's only milk it up for so long. Right. right? So I think Bill Guerin showed like, I believe in you guys. We have talent. I have this, I have you guys on paper and uh, on ice are good. So let's do something. John Hines, he knows what he's doing. I know the NHL recycles coaches, but what sport doesn't, but, uh, you know, they also have a long history. Like we talked about on the last podcast. Um, you know, for me, I say, bring on another New Englander and more and more people in this town will understand me. You know, it's like, we're honest. You cut to the chase. You know, it doesn't doesn't mean you're mean. You're you're just like, hey, let's get to it.
1: I spent part of my time growing up in the on the East Coast and I get it. And I like that.
0: Yeah. And I'm a I'm the doormat of East Coast people. So if you can't handle me, I tell people just don't go like my friends from college. Even I told you earlier, my friends get kicked kicked out of cabs yes. in New York yes, and, and not that, and they're not, they're sober. They just get kicked out of cabs because they want Use to attitude. engage the driver in a conversation that the driver probably doesn't want to have. Right. Like, you know, like tell it's, us about this. They, blah, get, blah, blah. they get
1: DUAs driving under attitude.
0: Yeah. Correct. Like all of a sudden it was, we're going to my friend's rehearsal for her wedding and we've got two cabs and we see the cab in front of us pull over and we're like, Hey, Kathy, <laughs> could you follow this is you my pull favorite over? story? And they're like, what? And they get out, and we're like, "What did you guys do?" Like, it's Trisha. She was just asking him too many questions. <laughs> you know, like, I'm the nice one. So anyhow, so you you know, people you see Bill Garen. He's exactly it. Like, uh, he's not a mean person, not, but he's direct. He's blunt, and he will tell you what he Which feels, like. and Being and he blunt cares. Saves so much time. Oh my gosh, yes. I remember when I first got here, and I won't name names, but someone said, "All right, so if I put." Um, like this M M&M and M packet in front of you, and this 100 grand bar in front of you, and uh, which do you like better? And I said, Well, I love M and Ms. I don't. I don't like 100 grand. Yeah. And someone said, that's the wrong answer in Minnesota. <laughs> and I said, what? I go, but it's my opinion. And, and I didn't say it mean. i am like, oh, I hate 100 grand. I go, oh, no, it would be this because I don't really care for. I don't like 100 grand. Uh, no, wrong answer. And I go, well, what am I supposed to say? You're supposed
1: to say I like them both, but I also like Skittles. And I don't want Skittles to feel left out.
0: Correct. I said, oh, you yes. lost me on I like them both because I don't <laughs> like that one. And I'm like, yeah, but see, that doesn't work here. I'm like, oh, I got to buckle up. So that's what's happening to the Wilds. Okay. he's He's picking the M&Ms. He picked the
1: M&Ms, <laughs> and he had to pick the M&Ms. Right. the way it goes. And he
0: probably still likes Dean Evison, but he's, he likes his season better.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so. All right, we're on to women in sports sponsored by Rudy Luther, Toyota. Uh, this is easy this week. The Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, I'm reading from the AP story, mm-hmm. announced this past Thursday that former Minnesota Lynx superstars Maya Moore Simone Augustus and Taj McWilliams Franklin were all named as 2024 inductees into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Those are all correct answers. Maya Moore, superstar, surefire Hall of Famer. Simone Augustus, surefire Hall of Famer. Taj mcwilliams Franklin, she's a little different. She's not the superstar they were, but her career, the totality of her career made her a logical Hall of Fame entrant
0: Where's Rebecca Brunson? Where's
1: Rebecca Brunson? Oh my gosh, we did not talk about this before. I just said that. But Rebecca Brunson has to be in the Hall of Fame. And I hope this is just a delay. She's
0: got more rings than all of them. She's
1: got more rings. And before before Sylvia Fowles, another Hall of Famer, uh, surpassed her very late in Sylvia Fowles' career, Rebecca Brunson had more rebounds than anybody in the history of the league. She is a no doubt get her in as soon as possible Hall of Famer.
0: She never gets enough credit.
1: Never. And she was also the best defender on a team that won four championships.
0: Yes. And and she's a great broadcaster, and her sweets are sweet, Truvy's really awesome, too, by the way. All those things are true. No, those are all.
1: And and listen, it's, it's fun when you can promote somebody who's also a great human being and a fixture in the community and who's also a great broadcaster and basketball analyst. That's all great. But if she had played her last game, gotten on a plane and gone to Bora Bora. And we hadn't heard from her since then. She still, she be still deserves.
0: Fame. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so women are not insulated from how the sports world goes, right? Mm-hmm. How long did we have to wait for Jim Cot, Tony Oliva right. to get into the hall of fame? Very right. Similar. Yeah. Um, so I always say this, you know, my mom would say, if you want to play with the boys, you got to learn how to take it. Right. So it's the good, you take the good and the bad. So is it that these other women have bigger names? And so people are like, Oh, or they are certain like we like Rebecca but we can only let in a certain amount this year. We'll let her in next time. I don't know how those decisions are made. Or if it's such a big PR kind of how to get I them in. I think it's
1: probably B. I think it's okay, Rebecca's going to get in but she's not going to get in this year and yeah. Taj is going to Taj retired earlier so she's ahead of her on the pecking order even though the Brunson was I think a better player than uh, Taj McWilliams frankly. I think Taj was a big influence on this franchise mm-hmm. i think she was big for their culture for their toughness but rebecca brunson is a more accomplished player and yes. she should get in and it should be if it ain't this year it should be next year
0: and listen if i also look at things from the pr point of view if you're looking at the pr and you really want to promote women's sports you don't leave her off from those other women going right. in from her her former Lynx
1: team i agree so let's just hope it's a one-year delay If it's not, then we'll be complaining about this this time next year, believe me. Uh, The Minnesota Aurora moment. There's really not a ton going on with the Aurora right now. We just like promoting them. So I'm just going to say that, once again, See, let's remind people what Andrea Yacht did. She started a women's women's soccer franchise in a beer garden with a bunch of friends from St. Paul. (laughs) And now she's gotten to the point where... They've actually hired a CEO, and they've expanded, and they've added a second team. And once again, that person who started a women's professional sports franchise that is thriving, it's one of the best stories in the country, also is one of our favorite people, and she came out to the bar and had a blast the other night. Thank you for everything, Andrea.
0: And one thing I want to say, and Andrea brought this up when she was on our podcast, and it happened recently, but it was in the midst of everything with the Vikings and the... Um, and so I'm, I'm remiss right now at finding the coach's name, but Andrea said, the good thing is you hire quality people, but we also want them to keep going and achieve their dreams. And she had another coach just leave to become a head coach somewhere. Um, and And they've had a
1: lot of people like that. They've had people on, on their staff in different places use this as a stepping stone to go elsewhere. And that's, that's part of the deal. You want to lose people because it means you're doing things right.
0: Right, because on the men's side, and I know the Aurora is not professional yet, but on the men's side, guys have coaching trees. Yep. Right, and like oh yeah, well that guy was under da, da da da. So I like that the Aurora is becoming that for women's soccer. Mm-hmm. It's oh yeah, she was under that coaching tree. She you know she was under Nicole uh, Lukic, and, and so now she's she's at Harvard or she's at BC. I think it was at Boston College where. Yep. Um, she, she just went. So that's what I like. You're building the infrastructure of talent and strength and women helping women, which wasn't always the case of women helping women. And, and I'm not saying here in Minnesota, I'm just saying in general, you know, you always reach back and lift up. And so that's that's why I'm so proud of this team. Start from nothing, and you're already you already got the structure. You already have people advancing, you know. And it's not like why are you leaving us? We're just building. It's like no, this is why we built it. Yes. And these are the hits we're going to take as we continue to build. But that's what they do on the men's side. That's what they do in the WNBA. You see that now, so. Yep. You know, now that that's already started just in there, coming up on third year of existence, just blows my mind. It's amazing.
1: And to bring it full circle, that's why Saturday night was so great to see all the great women in our business in one place for one night. Uh, we'll have to do it again.
0: And next time I'm going to say Tracy Perlman from CCO. Yes. Um, she did not have to produce a thing. We always joke around that no matter where she goes, yes. she produces yes. it up, right? Like, you you know, go to dinner. Like, she's like, hey, you sit here and this, like everything. <laughs> like, she just produces things up. She didn't have to produce it up.
1: Fantastic. All right. Up next, Dawn's great conversation with Brian Robinson, one of the most uh, beloved Vikings of recent vintage.
0: Joining Jim and myself right now on the Dawn of Sports podcast is... A guy that really doesn't need an introduction because everyone here in Minnesota absolutely adored him, but I will indeed. Former defensive end from the Vikings. You also knew him from all of the 96 questions that he had, right? Awesome. Brian Robison, all the way from Texas. B-Rob, thanks for joining us today.
2: Yeah, no problem. Glad y'all had me on.
0: So Brian, I know, let's just jump into what you're doing recently. I want to get into your fishing and all the all the fishing shows and stuff that you've done there. You've made quite a splash, no pun intended, when it comes to that world. But you've entered into the television uh, world of... Um, football with the Texas Longhorns, your alma mater. You were on Longhorn TV, just living it up. Every time I would click on your stuff, you had this big smile on your face and you were, of course, the life of the party. How was doing those broadcasts? I know you're still in it. They still got, they got a bowl game to go to, don't they? So you're still busy, are you?
2: Yes, ma'am. So uh, I jumped into this last year. Uh, we actually tried to make it happen for a little while. And you know, we had some things getting away, like COVID and stuff like that. Uh, it finally became a reality last year. I've enjoyed doing it the last two years. Uh, like you said, we've got a college football playoff game coming up, so we're starting to get geared up and prep for that. But I've absolutely enjoyed it. It's it got me back into Austin, got me back into uh, football in general, and uh, really has kind of made it quite enjoyable.
0: How was that to go back to your own school? Now a big stud, you know, NFL, your dreams came true that way. And now you're going back to Austin. You're with the Longhorns. Was that, was that wonderful, but was it also a little weird at first? How was that for you?
2: (laughs) It was a little weird. I mean, uh, you know, I I got away from football for a little while, like you said, got into the fishing stuff and kind of Kind of got out of that football realm, and it gave me time. I think to get back and and enjoy it. Uh, the other thing was is being able to go back to my alma mater in Austin with the Texas Longhorns. Uh, that was a place that I had not been to very often since leaving there, uh, getting drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Just didn't really have a lot of time to get back, so. Um, it's one of those places that's near and dear to my heart, just like Minnesota is, and one of those places that I've enjoyed being able to go back to uh, here in the last couple of years. So
0: have you grown this new appreciation for someone like me now doing television when it comes to sports? <laughs> what have you learned being on TV that's like, wow, I never knew
2: that? <laughs> um, Yeah, and, and here's the deal, Don. You know this. I've always had an appreciation for what you guys do. And, of course. Uh, you know, always try to utilize those outlets uh, because they, they benefit us as well. And so I know you guys always had a hard job to do because you've got to talk about the stuff that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to call out players, things like that, but that, that's honestly what your guys' job is about. And, uh, it's kind of been the same thing for me, you know. I mean, we, we we dive pretty deep into some of the situations that are going on at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be critical. And uh, otherwise, nobody wants to hear the same old, same old all the time. you you, you got to give them something different to think about. And so we have, we've, we've had to dive into it and it's uh, given me much appreciation for the people that have done this for many, many years.
0: Well, you know, you've never had a problem, let alone speaking your mind, right? Having a, a really good opinion on things and, and bringing in what most people are thinking to begin with, but you also bring humor along with it. Has that been like really received well for you now that you've been doing that? People are like, wow, this guy's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it has. Cause I mean, I, I do, I try to have fun with everything that I do. And whether that's, uh, you know, just kind of making jokes, cracking jokes about it or being serious and just telling things how it is uh, and just trying to make it to where it doesn't come off as, uh, I guess you would say, arrogant, cocky or a know it all. But but just kind of your opinion based and and what you see uh, day in and day out on game tape or whatever it may be, you just kind of got got to call it how you see it and, and stick to your gun.
1: So we're talking to Brian here on Tuesday. By tomorrow, the Vikings will probably have made their announcement who the quarterback starting quarterback is this week. Mm -hmm. And Brian, you dealt, you know, most NFL players do, and certainly you did as a Vikings player. You dealt with quarterback changes, sometimes quarterback upheaval. Does it affect a player, like a defensive end, when a team is going through changes and decision making at that position? Or are you able to just worry about your own job?
2: Well, I think I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, I think at the end of the day Uh, a lot of that is out of your control as a player. So you've got to go out there and take care of your job and play within the scheme and do what you need to do in order to help your team succeed. But at the same time, when there's uncertainty, um, you know, whether it be at the quarterback position or any position, um, you know, there, there is some uncertainty and you're not sure how to handle it. And what I mean by that is, is there comes a time where, for example, as a quarterback, uh, you know, that not, Being secure at a quarterback position defense, you got to pick it up. You got to pick up the pace and pick up the slack uh, for that offensive side of the ball. And so it does affect the way that you play, the way that you uh, think about things as you move forward. Jim uh,
0: Jim brought up a good point. Does it affect the psyche at all of the whole team? You know, I, I think there was when Kirk Cousins first went down here, guys were crying in the locker room, um, you know, because they just felt that they're on this surge. And it doesn't matter if you're on offense or defense, when you feel like you have these great hopes and things are really starting to click and things change on a dime, whether it be a quarterback going down or, you know, whether it be your star defensive end going down, how does that affect the psyche? then
2: it fixes it hugely i mean when you think about it uh guys that are successful are also the guys that are the most confident at the time right so uh confidence has a huge correlation between having success or not having success on the field you know you talk about guys that are in a slump and a lot of times guys that are in a slump they're not confident in what they're doing uh not saying they don't know what they're doing, but they're just not confident. It's just not clicking for them right at that moment. And so when you have a guy that you have learned to rally behind that you have confidence in that can get the job done for you, and then all of a sudden he goes down, that can affect your confidence, and it can affect the way that you play because whether that be that, like I said, defensively, if a quarterback goes down, we feel that, Hey, we've got to pick up our pace. We've got to pick up the slack for the young guy coming in. And that does affect the way that you play. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with confidence and, and, you know, being able to maintain that is the main deal.
0: And and I guess that would also affect it. Say right now, Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator. Um and when you were here, you you also had guys that were really into the defense. Mike Zimmer was a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, you you know, um, even the D-line coach, when you had um, Coach Andre Patterson. When you guys have a defensive-minded people around you, and then it kind of slumps. Like, la- the last couple of years was really hard on the Vikings defense. Then Brian Flores comes in, and I don't know if you know much about him, but he – one person can re energize a whole core. He has them aggressive. He has them, you know, blitzing left and right. For you personally, when you get a guy that's like, come on, let's re energize this defense, it can change the whole team as well. The defense can affect the offense. What did you like best of your days here? And maybe what you, if you've had a chance, I know you've been in the Longhorn stuff, but if you had had a chance to notice what Brian Flores has done for the Vikings D.
2: Yeah, I think in my time there, you know, I guess I could, I could say the one thing uh, for me personally is when you get a guy like Andre Patterson that came in and I was already established that in the NFL, I was having, you know, great, great success, you know, three years in a row. Um, I had like 25 and a half sacks over three years or something like that. And very easily you can get caught in that mold of, I know what I'm doing, I've been successful And I'm just going to ride this thing out. Whereas a guy like Andre comes in and says, Hey, listen, I, I want you to buy into what I'm teaching. I'm going to change a lot of stuff that you're doing. And it may be some growing pains, but it's going to make you better off down the road. And, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you can be energized by that. You can go through it. And there were, there were some growing pains the first year when Patterson and Zimmer and all them came there, but it made me a smarter player and honestly made me a better player and taught me a lot of things that I wish I knew earlier in my career. I think I could have done a much better job earlier in my career had I had those guys um, in there. And that has nothing to do with the coaches that were before them. It just has to do with those were things that worked for me that I never knew. And, uh, you know, what, what I see with the defense this year is you do, you have a coach in Brian Flores that has come in. That has re-energized the team, much like you saw with uh, Coach O'Connell last year and kind of that new regime. I think it re-energized the team and allowed them to just kind of play loosely, play and go get it. And I think that's what you're seeing out of Brian Flores. I think uh, he has changed schematically, but also kind of catered to his players and understanding his personnel and what they can accomplish moving forward.
0: Yeah. I was going to say you had 60 career sacks. So when you already have some of that mojo too, behind you to change, how is that for a, I mean, you're confident in college, right? Then you come in and you were a national champion, right? Weren't you in college? So, I mean, it's not like when you first got to the league, you weren't finding success. How is that for you? And what do you tell younger guys when a coach does come in and wants you to change and you are already are successful?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I was, I was kind of used to change, right? So coming out of high school, I was a linebacker and I was a linebacker all the way until uh, my sophomore year of college. Uh, And then they moved me to defensive end. I was not happy about it, but it was a change that worked out for the best. And so even when I came into the NFL, it was, I was still very, very young at the position. So for me, it was always about learning. It was, it was okay. How can I get better? How can I do things better? You know, I go through my first four years and I'm kind of behind Jared Allen. I'm kind of behind Ray Edwards. And then I got my opportunity. I made the most of it. And then, you know, you get a guy like the Hunter that comes in. And for me, it was always about evolution. It was always about changing. It was always about how do I become better? Because you can't just, Rest on what you have learned. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. People don't stay stagnant. Mm. And so it was always about changing. And that's what I would say to younger guys is, listen, don't be afraid of change. If if it's something that's going to help you, you've got to learn to master it. And you've got to keep evolving because the game of football evolves every year. You see some different scheme or something like that. And you've got to be able to evolve with that in order to be successful.
1: Brian, I've had a lot of conversations with former athletes over the years, especially a lot of former Minnesota Twins, Roy Smalley, who's on this network, Michael or other people. And one thing they've always, a lot of them have told me is when they retire, they don't necessarily miss the competition or the grind. They just miss being in that locker room. What, does that speak to you? What has your experience been?
2: I would agree with that 100%. I mean, listen, we all we all miss the game because that's the fun part of it. Right. Uh, we, none of us really miss the grind because that's, that's the dirty part of our work. But one thing I think every athlete will tell you is that they do miss the guys in the locker room. And the reasoning for that, uh, I'm just going to be open and candid here. We talk about a lot of things from just everyday talk to important issues. And you don't get that in the real world. You don't get to, to have those important issues being able to be talked about. And, Guys that that really and truly become your brothers, and um, you know when you're in a when you're in a locker room, whether it be any sport, uh, there's a certain type of bond there that that the floor is open, and a lot of things can be said that uh, may not be taken taken in the open in the real world, and um, you know I think that's the thing that that really creates a bond in a locker room is is the fact that we can treat each other like family. We come from all different diversity is all different backgrounds you name it uh the locker room is a hodgepodge of of just people in general that come from all different places and we always find a way to rally behind each other for a common goal and uh you know i've always said and i've said this numerous times if people could get an inside peek of how we react with each other in locker room and, and apply that to the real world the world would be a better place and i truly believe that
0: I think remember years ago when I sat down with your entire D-line. Do you remember that Brian and uh, yes. and you you were talking about this. You you already had a sense you were still in the middle of playing, still in the middle of a season, but you were appreciating it because you were Especially the D line, the whole defensive core, but the whole team talking about some really tough issues. When Andre Patterson formed the committee to to for social justice and and have these open discussions in the locker room, and you were getting emotional about, you know, I know at one point one day this is going to end, and this is beautiful. Um, You know, you don't get that on hard knocks. You know what I mean? Like you see the other side of football and the and the fun side, but there is that beautiful side that you speak about.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, it becomes a brotherhood. You become family. I mean, you think about it. When you go to the NFL or baseball or whatever, you spend 8, 9, 10, 12 hours with these guys. You spend more time with them than you do your actual family at home. And uh, that, it, you can't get along with people. It becomes a miserable day at work, right? Mm. So, uh, you truly become family. You truly become a brotherhood. And the only way you can get along is, is, is being open with each other and, and being honest with each other. And and with that comes, you know, a love for one another and, and a bond and things like that that can't be broken. And so, like, you know, I still, you know, have conversations with guys, not, maybe not as much as I'd like to just because life gets busy. But the, those those lines of communication are always open. Uh, any of those guys can reach out to me now, and, and I'm here for them. And I, I don't think that, and I think I mentioned that. Like I could see myself having, you know, relationship with these guys 25, 30 years down the road. And I don't think anything has changed. It, we may not talk to each other as much as we would like to, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about those guys. Or that that I do something on a road or something, and I'm just like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the phone and, and, and call somebody. You know, it it still happens to this day.
0: You know, on the lighter side of that, 96 questions kind of brought that locker room together in a fun way too. And I don't know if you noticed, just it was probably just not even a month ago. One of your famous famous in I don't know if it's your favorite, but questions started making the rounds again, almost going viral. And it's the one where you asked, which Viking would you not want to date your sister? (laughs) Do you remember (laughs) that one?
1: And everybody,
0: everybody said Stefan Diggs. (laughs) And it was hilarious. And it came out of nowhere. My friend's like, have you ever seen this? I'm like, yeah, this is years old. It's making the circuit again. It was Mm. hilarious.
2: Did you yeah, it that? is. And I, and I see him periodically, you know, come across my phone and things like that. And, and here's the deal. Listen, I'll, <laughs> I'll be 100% honest. Everybody thinks that that stuff might have been staged or it was planned or like, I can tell you 100% with, with zero doubt, none of that stuff was planned because I say 90% of the time, myself and Jordan Strzok didn't have the question we were going to ask until you know 30 seconds before we asked the first person and a lot of that was just simply because we just wanted it to be spur of the moment we wanted to be natural and we wanted everybody to get to know the guys for who they were and it was just to me that was one of the funniest ones because (laughs) almost every person to a d did say stefan diggs and listen we love stefan diggs (laughs) but that just came out hilarious. And, and then the fact that Stefan answered back the way that he did, I mean, it, it <laughs> couldn't, have, it couldn't have happened any better.
0: Yeah. If you guys are out there listening and you haven't seriously have to Google it, there's so many of those 96 questions that I just adore. Do you, I, and you did it for years. So do you ever have one that stood out like, Oh, I can't wait to ask this, the guys, this one.
2: I mean, I think, I think obviously the one that stands out is that one, but then I, I can remember probably one of the funniest, Answers to me was Anthony Barr when he actually said, uh, "Can I just date my own sister?" And everybody was like, "What?" <laughs> uh, so that 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 was pretty comical as well.
0: Oh my gosh! And people don't realize like Anthony Barr was that dry sense of humor, right? Like people are like, "What the? What's a person really like?" He doesn't really talk that much. I'm like, they're hilarious when you get to know them, They just have that dry sense of humor. But
2: you're like, yeah, absolutely. What? And he's he's one of he's one of those that's low key about it, right? Yeah. Like it, it's it's, it's almost a, a dry but
1: <laughs> Well, Anthony Barr's back. When are you coming back?
2: Uh, <laughs> I think that ship is sailed, my, my friend.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never know.
0: Hey, you know, uh, you held your own. I saw Matthew McConaughey was on your Longhorns telecast, wasn't he? How was that?
2: Yeah, so, you know, the great thing about being involved with the Longhorns is I got to know Matthew McConaughey a little bit back when I was playing, and uh it's funny. He uh he is diehard Longhorn through and through and he definitely, you know, has conversations with the players and, and just honestly around that program he's just he's just a normal guy and uh so having guys around that, that program like that is obviously always a good selling point for recruits and things like that, but just just good to know that people out there are like that.
1: Well he's always around the program. Do you ever have to go, Hey Matthew, take a day off?
2: Step back, step back just a I, little bit. No, no, not really. I mean, you know he he's definitely fanatical about his lawhorn day and I, and I think we love it. I mean we' we've we've, uh, we've embraced it. We've embraced him being the uh, what we call the minister of Culture there. So uh, <laughs> people people love having Matthew McConaughey around that program.
0: Do you have your all right all right all right down? Can you give lay us your best all right all right, all right.
2: Hold on, let me, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, oh that's, that's awesome. That's
0: really good. <laughs> You've been back in Texas for quite some time. Hey, you know, what I want to, um, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, we talked about the fishing. I also saw that your your son is now becoming a great angler himself. Your daughter is following in your wife's footsteps with some of the rodeo and, and um, calf roping, I just, first of all, I just want to say, I know you as a person. I am so proud of you as a dad and a person foremost, and to see you living out your post-NFL dreams and then seeing your kids kind of follow in both of your footsteps, it kind of like warms my heart just from the outside looking in. So kudos to you on that.
2: Yeah, it's it definitely been a blessing for us because, you know, we were we were the type of parents that definitely did not want to push our kids in any either direction. It's just, I mean, it's just funny that, you know, my son is really taken up with fishing, like you said, and, and football as well has really, you know, gotten into that a lot. And then, of course, my daughter's doing her barrel racing and doing extremely well at it. And, uh, you know, we just, I'm a, I, you know, I use the same attitude in life that I do in playing football, right? Which is no regret. Go out there and give it, give it your all. Have fun. Be light on your feet and just just enjoy it. And, uh, I try to treat that the same way as I did in football, which is go, go live it, go, go do your best and, uh, just let things fall where they are.
0: And do you have any fishing tournaments coming up? And can you tell us, um, how that's all going?
2: Oh man. Uh, <laughs> tournaments have been really crappy for me in the last couple of years, to be honest with you. Really? I haven't done too well, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm starting to find out the more I learn about fishing, the worse fisherman I become. So uh, <laughs> it's I'm like golf. about scratching. I was, I was
1: scratching, just say like yeah, scratch golf. everything
2: <laughs> I know. But um, uh, no, things have been really good. I'm still enjoying it uh, tremendously. I've uh, got a tackle shop now down at Lake Sam Raven, so I've got, I've even gotten into the business side of it, and that's been going really well. Um, yeah, like I said, just uh, enjoying it. Still getting out on the water as much as possible. The Longhorn Network gig kinda gets in the way periodically, but uh I get to I get to do football during the fall and then get back to fishing in January. It's like I, I never left. I just added more more uh more on my plate from a mental aspect and less of a physical aspect.
0: <laughs> but you know, like you said, you go out it, you attack it by loving it and just doing it and having no regrets, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, well, B-Rob, I, let me tell you, if you have plans to come back here at all in the season, I want to try to get you on TV. People need to see your face. They just love you. People here are like, oh, B-Rob, when you came here, I think it was last year, the year before, and you were on the screen and you just got the place rocking. They, People here just love you. And I, I just think that you should know that. And it's not just, yes, you're a great football player. It was more than that. It's that you brought that no regrets and lightheartedness um, that you are a hundred percent yourself. And I think people can sense that.
2: I I can tell you that every time I come back, I am extremely humbled and grateful um, at the love that I receive when I go back there. And it it is not forgotten. It is not ever unnoticed. Uh, I cannot be thankful uh, on behalf of my family. I cannot be thankful enough for our, our great 12 years that we had in Minnesota and I've said it many times before, Minnesota will always have a piece of my heart and it'll always be my other home.
0: All right, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right thank you so much b rob that's brian robison uh vi- former vikings defensive end i don't even like saying the word former anymore current longhorn analyst uh fisherman extraordinaire just stop just stop studying it b rob that's all i have to say uh thank you so much for joining us today i love it thank you I guys miss you um and you're fantastic